Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Ask Sue Show. The place, well, <laughs> well, where do I start with, with a place of water? Who knows? <laughs> Hope everybody's all okay in the chat room. And, of course, we've got to fetch on our very resident host and the absolute definite green and blue guy from the America. Bring on Howard Arbstein. <laughs> Hi, Howard. How are you doing? Okay, so it's been a crazy, crazy week with the hurricanes. So it's um, certainly been interesting. Um, you know, I myself have been through a major earthquake in Los Angeles, uh, 1994, and it's just, um, you know, the effects stay with you a long time. And um, they're, unfortunately, they're out, they are expecting another storm. I don't know if it's going to be quite as big, but any 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 additional rain or wind is going to be very damaging to the folks. It's just, uh, I can tell you, it's just very psychologically hard. And I know the people there. There's still people without electricity. I know there's a gas, um, you know, a gas problem. I don't know if, if if John Rosa will be he'll be calling in. He'll be able to give us more updates. But I got to tell you, my heart my heart and soul just goes out to these folks. Um, I remember the night we were, you know, woken up at 4.30 in the morning with a very big earthquake, one of the biggest in Los Angeles, and aftershocks for weeks. But i got to tell you, I think that even them having noticed, I think that the water damage is, is, is going to be far worse because of mold. And, um, you know, the New Jersey shore is wiped out. Staten Island's wiped out. Where I grew up, there's a lot of damage. So it's just, um, you know, it's certainly, it's certainly so far spread and just my... You know, my heart goes out to them. And, you know, I do have my event going, the Go Green and Blue, um, you know, for all the people, four-legged, two-legged. And the amount of sharing on there has just been amazing. People are, you know, posting lost animals. People are talking to each other. And, you know, that's, as you know, Sue, that's <clears throat> that's why I created the events, to bring awareness, to bring people together. You know, I think the biggest thing in life is when you go something through something good or so, through something bad, it's always good to have people with you that are sharing the same experience. So, you know, I hope, you know, I, I, I truly hope that some good has come out of the event. And as I said, um, 
my heart goes out to them. I did speak to GSVS this morning where Patrick was being treated, and one of my dear friends, Gloria, lost her whole house, everything. So, um, you know, my my, my my heart goes out to her and, uh, you know, to all the workers there. To Captain Yoakum, I know he's been working so, so hard along with the firemen, the policemen, volunteers from all over the country are coming to New Jersey. I know they, they definitely took the biggest hit, so... And you know, as I said, my my thoughts and prayers are just with them. It's just it's just something I don't think anyone would have imagined. So it's just um, very very scary situation. It's just it's exactly. just heartbreaking. Just heartbreaking. And last night, obviously on the Ask Sue show last night, we did do a minute silence, and I've just got to mention her again because I know a lot of people have been affected by the death of um, Jesse from the Sean Casey Animal Rescue who unfortunately was killed in the hurricane with her partner, um, and she was doing what she loved best, and that was actually walking her dog. And um, unfortunately, both of them lost their lives. Um, and I know they are doing a chip-in um, in memory of Jesse, and apparently up to the last count, Tammy may be able to back me up with this, um, at the last count, it's about $18,000 they'd actually raised mm. in her memory. And mm. it, I tell you what, amazing, do you know what I mean? But it's just such a shame that somebody loses their life to to raise that amount of money. Um, so my thoughts go mm. out to their mm. family and friends and everybody at Sean Animal Casey Rescue. Sean Casey Animal Rescue. Um, you know, she'd done a lot of work with John and made such a difference to his lives and I know to a lot of other dogs as well. So, um, again, my love goes out to all of them, and uh, I'm, I'm truly sorry to hear all of that. It was a terrible shame. Uh, someone just and posted Jacob, a... sorry. Jacob just, was Jesse's partner, so... Mm-hmm. Go on, my heart, yes. Well, you know, people do such good things, and uh, that's why, like I was talking to my mom this week, and, you know, you got to enjoy every moment you have because you just, you know, you just don't know, and that's why, you know, people get upset about crazy things. We all do, and, you know, something you really got to sit down sometimes and evaluate what, 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 what means a lot to you. And I know to me it's my friends, my family, and my health, and, of course, the animals. And that's, you know, you really got to look at it. I know, you know, after my neck surgery, I, I certainly, I can say I did take things for granted before, and now I try, you know, I, I, I'll just stop myself. And, and you have to. We just have to be thankful. You know, there's a saying, so you have to be thankful for what you have, not for what you don't. And I really try yeah. to live my life like that. But believe me, I, I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> Someone well, me just, too. Someone <laughs> Some just of them posted know a, a bit more closer to Rome than you know, I tell you. <laughs> someone just posted a map from the Weather Service. It looks like Philly, Trenton, Atlantic City has a coastal flood advisory again. So oh, here we God. go again. So unbelievable. Th- this is the thing. There's some things that we just cannot control, and and I just need to say, you know, everybody's blaming Mother Earth for all what's happening with Hurricane Sandy, but I just need to say to people, you know just have a look at the world and see what her, what Mother Earth is actually having to witness, and then you'll be able to see her frustrations. Exactly. And, you know, one thing I did want to say, Sue, is um, our dear friend Nicole, she's had, some, she's had some medical issues. I don't want to go into it in detail, but I have to tell you, Sue, I have learned so much from her. Um, she is mm-hmm. one amazing trooper. You know, she's, she hasn't had it easy, and I know she's going to get mad at me for saying this, but... Uh, she hasn't had an easy, and let me tell you something. I told her on a PM the other day she, that she's my hero, and yeah. she asked me why. Why? Because I look up to her. She has she has done so much with 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 what she has, and and it's just amazing. She's an amazing mom, and she just goes on. And she, you know, she was in the hospital. I think we were more worried and more upset than she was, 
And, yeah, that, and that tells you the kind of person she is. And uh, I love her dearly, and I know all of us do. And I, and I have to tell you guys, once again, um, she had an accident eight years ago. It's, you know, she has epilepsy, and she was housebound, still is. And basically, through Patrick and Facebook, it changed her life completely. And it's little, yeah. little things like that. So never take anything for granted. And, like, Nicole doesn't want anyone feeling sorry for her. And I understand what she's saying. So my point is enjoy what you got, you get what you get, and make the best of it. So that's my rant for today. Um, and just to literally put, say something about that, this 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 Nicole, right, she is a special star. That's all I can say. And there's people out there that are whinging about this, that, and the other and complaining about things. This girl has literally stood up and been counted at 4 o'clock her time this morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, this girl was up. I literally, we have a chat between myself, Howard, Nicole, Sean, and Debs, and we set that up because we knew she was struggling a bit, and we set up that chat so that it didn't matter who, it was either Howard was on because he, he was on a bit later than us, or one of us would be on for Nicole because she's in Australia. And we have literally, I wouldn't say kept a saying because we're all a bit mental, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? We've all been having a laugh with her and everything. And even at 4 o'clock this morning, she was on Facebook sharing links um, to the show, to the events, and everything else. And, and, and she has got loads going on behind the scenes, of which I'm not going to be putting on the show. But I just want to say she is a credit to, her, to everything about what she's all about. She's just absolutely amazing. So anybody wants to have a go about the fact we mentioned Nicole again, that's because she's one of the top ones who's actually saying as it is, doing it as it is. And I totally respect her and love her very much. So, Nicole, just get your backside better, love, and uh, let's get you back on shape because we right. need your back, love. For, as in 100%, not 88, <laughs> 98. Absolutely, <laughs> so, Sue. Absolutely a star. No, she just, so, told me um, bless, she just told me bless you, Sue. <laughs> I know. She, she's... She's chatting to me on Facebook, bless her, and she's just, oh, she's a face. Anyway, let me have a look. Um, Anyone on home? I'm just having a look here. Um, thank you to Tammy who's sharing the links. And just to let everybody know, Debs is um, not in the chat because she's on the way to the Ask Sue house. Oh, boy. I actually get to meet Debs for the first time. We ranted and we raved and we've chatted and we've done everything via Facebook. And she's actually come in to stop for a few days. So me and Bill are very excited and can't wait to see her. So um, she will probably be b bouncing into the house in no time. So if I sudden, if you suddenly hear me go laughing or something, she probably arrived. <laughs> oh, boy. Unbelievable. I wish I was a fly on the wall for this one. I'm telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement, I can tell you. But on the other side of the coin, again... That's what's brought people together. I have made some very good friends on Facebook with yourself, Howard, Nicole, Sean, um, John, Rosa, there's, oh, Tammy, um, so many people. And, like, and we had Natasha Madison on the show yesterday, an amazing lady. I've met some absolute wonderful people, been brilliant. So anyway, let's move on. Um, I want to see, there's somebody on the line. Let me see who's waiting here patiently. Eric O201, hi, how are you doing? I'm just peachy. What's going on? Oh, no. You oh, let him on the air, Sue? Oh, my God. <laughs> you tried changing the number, but I found it. 
How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing, exhausted John? But, exhausted, but great. <laughs> so, John, I just uh, someone just posted a map from the Weather Service. It looks like it's going to be some more heavy rain and flooding. It uh, looks like some flooding will be in all the worst hit areas already. Yeah, it's going to be all along the shoreline of Jersey and Long oh, Island no. and then up into New York again. So they're going to get a lot of water and maybe even a little snow. Oh, the no. Temp- the temperature is going to be right on the edge, so it could go either way. If it's oh, snow, boy. you know, it's, it's bad. Poor. If it's water, it's bad. It's not good either way for them. And but, uh, um, and I understand further, this. Further west where I am, it's just going to be a normal rainy day with a lot of wind. But the areas that were affected, it's just... Now, I understand, I talked to my friend Allison. She, she, people have been in line three hours for gas, then turned down. Is this unbelievable? Just unbelievable. Yeah, well, the gas situation has pretty much leveled out, at least up this way it has. Okay. Uh, the, the governor ordered that uh, rationing begin so that, you know, plates ending with an odd number go on one day, and then plates ending with an even number go the next. Mm-hmm. And this way, there's half as many cars on the line, and even and now the lines are even shorter than that. I mean, every gas station I passed today had less than a dozen cars waiting. So okay, okay. So we're down to ten, fifteen minute waits now. That's not too bad. Now, John, yeah. I also and under- the is coming up. I also understand Staten Island had a lot, a lot of damage. Yeah, Staten Island's uh, been knocked back to the Stone Age. Really. Oh, yeah, they, they are just, you know, they're, they're in just, I mean, I would, I think, personally, from what I've been able to see and, and gather, I think they've got the worst of it. Um, not, not, necessi- not necessarily the storm damage, but okay. the slow, the slowest response to their needs. Hmm. Um, hmm. It, it picked up the last couple of days, but, you know, while everybody was, you know, crying about the Jersey Shore and Long Island and lower Manhattan, you know, nobody was talking about Staten Island, and, and the help was pretty slow in getting there. Now, consider, yeah, considering this is part of the five boroughs, Mayor Bloomberg didn't react quick enough, or? Um, I don't know who's to blame for it, but uh, it, it took a couple of days before, you know, their complaints started getting heard and things started rolling in for them. It's gotten a lot better now, especially yeah. on the volunteer end of things, even if the government is still being a little, you know, foot-draggy, so to speak. Um, you know, the, the private citizens have gotten it together and have started hauling things out there, so things are getting better. Now, that's good. Okay. Okay, that's at least good. Oh, boy. Yeah. And John, how about as far as the shelters? They're just overwhelmed? Well, you know, they've got a, a whole lot more, uh, you know, lost animals to deal with than they normally would. Mm-hmm. So anybody anybody who was full is, you know, really pulling their hair out trying to figure out how to keep these dogs alive. Um, and, mm-hmm. Thankfully, the rules are in place this time that they're not allowed to start killing these animals. But that doesn't mean that that hanging on to them won't get the animals already in the shelter killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they when it come when it comes time to make a decision on who goes, you know, they're legally required to keep the dogs that came in from the storm alive. Correct. Yeah. So that means the ones that are already housed there go down. Yeah. Now, how about how about as far as human shelters? Those must be overwhelming too. Um. Yeah, but I, but powers have started to return quite a bit, um, especially here in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And you know, people are starting to go home and check things out. Obviously, South Jersey and uh, you know, Southeast Jersey mm-hmm. um, is the worst of it. They're going to be out of their homes for a long time because you know, there's just so much water damage. There's so much rebuilding to do. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Um, now, is this storm tonight? I mean, obviously, it's not going to be as bad. Well, but it will be. Considered no, it's pretty- going to it's going to be something along the lines of a tropical storm. They're talking about 50 mile an hour winds. Oh no. And you mm. know depending on exactly where you're located, because it's 
it's moving along the shoreline. If you're right on the shoreline, you're either going to get a deluge of water again or you're going to get snow. Hmm. And then the further west you go, you know, you go halfway into the state of New Jersey and you're back down to, you know, mild, a mild rainstorm with still 40-mile-an-hour winds. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. By me, you know, I'm hoping for 35-mile-an-hour wind tops, but we'll see as it goes along. It can always still shift, but suppose I start really hammering up uh, tomorrow evening. Yeah. Some, somewhere between, somewhere around 6 o'clock, I think. Hmm, hmm, Now, this was just posted on the event page. Christie administration announces pet rescue hotline for Hurricane Sandy victims. The Christie administration today announced the establishment of a hotline for Hurricane Sandy victims who left their pets behind when evacuating their homes. Their phone number is 1-855-407-4673. Or eight one eight zero eight five five four zero seven H S U S. So that's 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 certainly a good thing that that has been done there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Every every, every little bit helps. There's also a few uh, different Facebook pages. Um, Sandy Pets, I believe, is one of them. And uh, yeah, there are several of them that are listing lost and found animals as well as Correct. animals that are, have been found and are located in shelters. Yeah, just, you know, privately found. Again, isn't it just amazing how they can? Everybody's just joined together to sort this out. Mm Mhm. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a human nature thing. You know, the closer it is to you, the more you want to do something about it. Um, Yeah. You know, I mean, then again, people come interstate to do the help as well. You know, we've got people from all over the country. I saw a crew from Texas the other day who were here working on power lines. Mm -hmm. So they've pulled Mm -hmm. in people from all over the country to get things back up and running again. Yeah. But, uh, again, so it's the individuals. Um, it's the individual problems that are going to take a long time. You know, power is going to come back even if it takes two, three weeks. You're going to get your power back in short order. Getting your house back in order, that's going to be months or years. You know, it's going to be another Katrina situation where two years down the line, there are still people, there will still be people asking for help. Hmm. Hmm. And by but then the press has gone away and, they're you know, they're, they're busy with... Uh, the latest reality program. They're too busy to keep discussing that same old darn storm. So it'll be a lot harder to get the help then. So the more we can do right up front, the better. But it sounds like, um, as far as our four-legged friends, this was handled much better than New Orleans, and I think some lessons were were learned. Correct, John? Um, I don't know. I'm not really uh, uh, in the front lines of it. I'm not actually there at the shelters doing the work. Yeah, um, well, okay. But, yeah, I, I, but you know, I, I think better decisions were made from the start and even well before the storm as far as handling the animals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Christy's saying that uh, the shelters will accept your pets. Uh, NJSDCA announcing that anyone who has problems getting their pets into a shelter is to contact the SDCA. Mm-hmm. The SDCA will send someone there to correct the shelter, but your animal goes in with you. Correct, um, correct. You know, living you know, living in an area that's vulnerable to earthquakes, like I was talking to my friend yesterday. I mean, you never could be prepared enough, but you know, my little my little Rosie, she eats you know, I cut up chicken for every day. I was talking to the vet about blah blah blah. He said, Howard, go out and get the cans of the all white meat chicken. God forbid if, if the markets here are closed for two weeks, I got no food for my little girl. So I went out mm-hmm. I went out today and bought a month's worth of uh, cans. You know, the pop up cans. You know, which which also my wife and I could eat. So when I have a little, I have a little carry-all for her. I have one in my car. I have one, and I got three of them actually. So these are things in any emergency, any catastrophe, any natural disaster. You have to think about these things. 
You know, you mm-hmm. always, um, you know, they tell us out here, have shoes. I have, um, I actually have a little tent. I have a little, it's like a little, little aluminum blanket that actually keeps you warm. So, um, you know, that's just stuff you can, anyone can go to the Red Cross site and uh, they'll give you a list of uh, stuff. But you know what it is, John and Sue? I think, I think a lot of us think, oh, this is not, whoever would have thought this would happen back east? I mean, it's just unimaginable to me. So I, I think the be- I think the most you can do is be prepared. That's all you can do. Yes, yeah, definitely. and it's, it's almost impossible to be prepared for something of this magnitude. To no, see, correct. To, but see you, some yeah. of the pictures, to see the pictures coming out of Queens, yeah. it's just unbelievable. That's, That's where I grew up. That 100 home fire, I mean, yes. wow, to see the pictures of those locations. Everything yeah. burnt down to the foundation. Yep. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's where I grew up, actually. And I believe in that area about six weeks ago, a tornado went through there. Mm-hmm. So, unbelievable. But clearly, Mother Nature hasn't been uh, updated with your regress. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, I did want to at least have some good news. You want to tell us the good news about our dear friend Cody? Ah, yes. Cody had a biopsy a couple of weeks ago. Um and, of course, you know, immediately began to do the worrying that comes with that. But uh, a day or two ago, what was it, Friday? I'm not forgetting exactly when she got it. Maybe it was ago. Monday. Um, but, yeah, a couple of days ago she got the results and it was negative. So she's free and clear of the big bad C word. And, That's great. Know, That's great. Good for her. Good for her. She's doing her happy dance. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if people don't know, John, she... She is she is the co-founder of the Patrick Miracle page with yourself. Correct. That's great. That's great. Correct. At least we got some good news to report. Um, I've actually got some more good news to report. Um, I don't know which one of you which of you have been following the Buster story with um, Mark Shirley. Yeah, he was the one with no teeth. Correct. The, well, not Mark Buster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm actually going to see if he'll call in, but yes, Buster is coming home this week. Oh, All being that's well, wonderful. Thursday, um, if not coming home, uh, literally Friday, I think Thursday, Friday, um, simply because he's going to the vets first before he comes home. But to say Mark is um, chuffed to bits, uh, he is absolutely, oh, uh, he's just absolutely thrilled to say the least. And obviously he's got his new little daughter as well, um, and I've forgotten her name, so he can tell me off in a minute because I've been such a nerd brain, I've forgotten it. Um, but I'm hoping he'll be able to call in. So, Mark, if you, he's just messaging me on Facebook. I'm sure he'll be, he's in the chat room somewhere. Uh, I'm absolutely chuffed a bit. So, um, that's great. So, yeah, Buster will be able to come home at last. So that's when I like it, when we have got good news, to say the least. That's great. And um, I did talk to Jeff and Diana today, and I guess they go to court on Friday, barring any things with the weather. Mm-hmm. So that will Stop. that will take place on Friday. I don't know how long that I don't know how long that's going to go on for, but uh, yeah, I don't this know. is one of your preliminary court date things where you know everybody comes in and says hello and introduces themselves and you know wastes an hour or two on little procedural things that have no real effect later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there will be dates after this. This is just the meet and greet, essentially. Yeah, well, look how long it's taken with Keisha, John. That's you know. So if that's any yep. if that's any indication, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that'll be a long exactly. haul. Exactly. So, yeah. and um, and I do know the captain and the staff. Have, of course, all the you know all over the air. But I know the captain posted something. He hasn't. I don't think the poor guy has slept since the storm. I know all of all of them have been out working and uh, just doing what they do every day. 
So, um, mm. yeah, only more of it. <laughs> yeah, correct, John. You got it. You got it. Um, right, so I'm just seeing if I've got anything I've missed in the chat. If anybody's got any updates you want to pass to us, please do so. Um, just uh, give us a shout on the chat. Or you can call in three four seven three two seven nine six nine four. So that's three four seven three two seven nine six nine four. Or if you're calling from the UK, which would be nice to have a little bit of company from the UK, double O one three four seven three two seven nine six nine four. So, so um I've got a little update for you. Oh, okay, go ahead, John. Uh in relation to the uh young boy in Bloomfield, Colin Michael Jones who we held a uh, fundraiser for yes, yeah. uh, yep. about a week, about two weeks ago. We started one. Uh, we, the final tally that we raised was uh, $1,885. Hmm, and uh, after, PayPal, after PayPal took their little bit of that, uh, it came down to around 1806 And uh, I finally got in touch with Colin's dad today, Bill. I spoke with him for a few minutes and let him know the money was coming and got his information so I could just PayPal it straight to his PayPal account. And uh, yeah, that was this morning, so they have those funds. And uh, um, he had a, he actually informed me that the fundraiser they held on the 27th, uh, while they don't have an exact figure yet, they believe they raised in that, you know in that one fundraiser about ninety thousand dollars. Wow! So, Good grief! Excellent! Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, John, you you had an episode with the cat this week, didn't you? With the cat. I'm sorry, with the who? With the cat, didn't you? I thought I had read something you posted. Oh, God. yeah. I can't, can't, I can't stay out of doctor's offices this, this month. It's just crazy. Hmm. Um, the night of the fundraiser for Colin, I had to take my wife to the ER for a kidney stone. I don't know if I already whined about that one to you guys, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, seven hours to find out. Yeah, cage. Seven, seven hours to find out the stone had passed. It was terrific. Um, <laughs> so, you yeah. know. We'll we'll have, we'll pay five figures for a couple of pills, and uh, be done with that. Hmm. Oh, but uh, was it? I, I'm already forgetting. Was it last night or was it the night before? Now that I had to take one of my cats to the ER because he was struggling to relieve himself, um, and uh, spent five hundred bucks to find out that he was uh, very impacted. They ended up having to do a uh, high colonic enema. Hmm, hmm. It was a massage to get things moving again. Hmm, hmm. And uh, I'd say he's about 75% better. He's still got, you know, he still has, he hasn't pooped since, so they must have cleaned him out pretty good because he's eating voraciously. Well, but, uh, <clears throat> since you're on the poop word, <laughs> my Rosie, my Rosie, um, you know, she was on senior food. She's 15 and a half, and she was throwing up every day for about a week, so finally I took her to the vet. Anyway, long story short... I switched her over to a little chicken and broth, and she and she the day I um, cut out the food, she stopped she stopped getting sick, but then she got constipated. So through a couple of people, they told me get uh, you know the pumpkin. I mean, not the pumpkin fill or the pumpkin. Well, let me tell you, I guess there's fiber in there. She's she's all better. So anyone that ever has an issue, pumpkin is the miracle. Yeah, I, I've, I've had a lot of people uh, suggest that for Sebastian as well. Well, I can tell you, John, it works. I mean, she's back on her own. I give her a couple of maybe three or four tablespoons a day. She loves it, too, and, it, and it's because it has fiber in there because the chicken, you know, doesn't have any fiber. So it, act, it it does work. It definitely works. For anyone that ever has that problem, it does, it does work. Sue? Good, 
Nicole just we're, PM'd me. We're full of amazing stories and tips, aren't we? Yep. Nicole just PM'd me. She said, Lilo and Stitch are going home under restrictions. Yes. Oh, brilliant. Not That's going. Last, some good news. Not I hear you. Not putting them down. They are going home under restrictions. Thank you, Nicole, for that update. That's a victory, oh, Stu. Oh, fantastic. Thanks, That's Nicole. That's well, and also, actually, I, the restrictions that, he, that they are going home under are the same ones that the town offered at first, and the family said they would not follow them. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So, and they were given 15 days to follow them. You know, it's the, it's the old scarlet letter routine. They have to wear specific color collars. They have to be uh, leashed and muzzled at all times when in public, mm-hmm. and they, she has to carry an exorbitant amount of insurance on the dogs. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's just more BSL, but she knuckled under and had to do it simply because now they were threatening to euthanize the dog. So she had to back down and say, fine, give me 15 days again, and I'll take care of it. Okay. Um, But you know what? We were. I need to just get somebody in on this because they'll be wanting to have word with this. But I just want to put a point to this. We were talking about OSL and BSL the other day, and we were saying we wonder how much the government actually gets through all of this BSL anyway. You know, is it the fact that the government won't back down with the BSL also because the money issue of it as well? Hmm. Hmm. Something Um, to think about. I think I don't know that there's any money for them to get out of it. I mean, they're requiring you to do certain things, but I don't think they're collecting fees because of it. Um, mm. I know the insurance companies make out because of it. I know the, uh, you know, in this particular case of Lilo and Stitch, the uh, collar manufacturers make out a little bit because they sell a few more of those. Mm. Um, but I don't see where there's any money can be made by the government unless they're going to start and post. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I, I should correct myself. Lilo and Stitch were also required to pay a $500 licensing fee. Other dogs get to pay a ten or fifteen dollar licensing fee. How? Do you know what? In the case of that, that's extortion. I'm not being funny, but what the hell is that going to make a difference to a BSL law paying a bigger license fee? What What is the point in that? Where's that Where's that going to get anybody? I'm sure if you called the town and asked them for the justification, they'd have something beautifully written up by their lawyer that that is supposed to make some sort of sense, but can easily be picked apart. But in the end, it's a money grab by the town. They get an extra grand for, for you know, selling the dogs back to the family. Oh, don't. Oh, I can feel a rant coming on. I think I'm going to get Mark on because I know he's very good at rants, but I know he's in a good mood, so I'll let him in. <laughs> Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. How, how's, how are you feeling about, obviously, Buster coming home? Uh, I can't wait now that it's, it's all said and done, but he's, he's due at the vets tomorrow. To be neutered. Um, I've asked the vets to keep him for a night because of how old he is and that. And they're delivering him home sometime Thursday. Oh, that's great, Mark. That's great news. Fantastic. It's it's been a long, hard battle, but I do want to say thank you to everybody, especially you, Sue, because without the foundations you guys provided, I wouldn't have had half the fight that I had. Oh, don't that's start. Great. Hey, Mark? Yeah. Mark? Mark? Yes, Howard. Yeah, this is Howard. How are you doing, my friend? I'm so happy for you. And, uh, you know, I have a special favor to ask you. Can you, you know, when he gets home and settled, can you give him a little belly rub and a kiss and post it on the Ask Sue uh, group show? <laughs> we certainly can. Buster's, uh, Buster's pretty vocal if you ask him to speak, so maybe we can get him on the show. Oh, great. Oh, well, that would be fantastic. But you give him an extra, you give him an extra, extra big belly rub and a kiss for Sue. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, 
I do you know what, Mark? I, I just really did need some good news today, and I have asked for it because I... As most people know, I've had a bit of a down day yesterday, to say the least, and that my, my thoughts from yesterday still have not changed. But hearing some good news is actually making a change, I can tell you. It, it's only good now, sir. It's, it, with getting Buster exempted in court was actually the easy bit, as it panned out. The defer have been uh, obstructive, to say the, work, to say the least, on getting him home. Yeah, that's oh, great. great. So good to hear good news. This is, this is the thing, Mark. I mean, a lot of people don't see. It's all right saying about the BSL laws and, oh, my dog's been seized by BSL, but it's not just the – there's so much more into it, isn't there? It's the, the time that you've got to take to go through everything to get your dog back, never mind the upset to the family. Obviously, you've got the children. And then, obviously, you, you'd have the little one, a summer, as you reminded me. You know, you've had a little summer come along, so that also was part of it. But then also the financial part of what you've had to do to get Buster back as well. Yeah. In all fairness, going to court was the easiest bit. Once I actually won in court, it should have been plain sailing, but they lost his paperwork. Then when they found it that day... Then they discovered that it wasn't filled in properly and DEFRA rejected it. And then mm. when they, they finally got all of that done, I had insurance arranged and everything. DEFRA wrote back and said, doesn't matter what insurance you've got, you've got to have this one. I didn't get a choice, like most people, to pick and choose who the insurer is. They dictate. So there must be some sort of partnership between the insurance and them as well, without to be a fair. Doubt, without a doubt. I could have insured Buster for £25 with Dog's Trust, hmm. but they have stipulated it has got to be Allianz, and they want nearly four times that. Good grief. Hmm. 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 So, I've got... Well, Buster's coming home, but they haven't made it easy. This, this yeah. should have been over and done with weeks ago. Buster was exempted on the 26th of November. That's six weeks ago. He should have been home by now. But he'll def- yeah. Mark will definitely be home tomorrow? Yeah, his paperwork's all in order. I've spoken to the vet today because we've got a little bit of a local outbreak of parvo here. So I've asked that he gets a good check for that, seeing as that he's been in kennels for a little while. That's but, great. But uh, he, he's got to be tattooed and neutered tomorrow. He could come home tomorrow, but... I'd feel much more comfortable with him spending the night in the vet because he is old and he's just spent three months in a kennel. Uh, how yeah, old is he, Mark? That is spectacular that they can seize the dog for the protection of people and then they can't offer the dog any protection when they put him into a kennel. Why yeah. wasn't he sequestered away from ill animals? Yeah. If he wasn't ill himself, he should have been in a, in a, uh, a separate section away from ill animals. Correct. Uh, there are some things that Buster's been up to while he's been in kennels. Now, he's been a good boy. There's nothing like that. But it seems that Suffolk Police have taken a shine to him, and he's actually spent very little time in kennels. Hmm. He's, uh, <laughs> he's spent, as far as I'm aware, he's spent more than one night with their dog handlers. Hmm. Not in kennels, but in an actual home. Mark, how old is he? How old uh, is Buster? He's just turned 12. It was his birthday about a week ago. Oh, maybe I could introduce him to my Rosie. She's 15. You think he'd like an older gal? <laughs> <laughs> he might. I, I can't even see him. I can't 
imagine that he's going to come back very impressed Thursday because he's going to be wearing a lampshade and he's going to be minus his nuts before the sod. Yeah, I think he's about to lose all interest in girls. Ah, it's bummer, bummer. Ah, Rosie's so attractive, you know. She loves younger men. Um, well, Sue? I don't think she'd be interested in a lampshade, though, to be fair. <laughs> oh, bless him. Well, Sue, if it's okay with you, if it's okay with you and Mark, as long as he's home next week, next Tuesday, I would like to dedicate the show to Buster and call it Go Green and Blue in honor of Buster, and Mark can call in and post some pictures. How's that, Mark? Definitely. Uh, yeah, now, as soon as Thursday comes, I'll give Sue a link. There will be hundreds of photos and videos. No, but... Of- Past, present, and future of Buster that you'll all be able to see. Well, next Tuesday, we're going to dedicate the show to Buster. It's going to be called Go Green and Blue in Honor of Buster. How's that? It sounds great. Okay. Sounds and, and if you could put And if you could put Buster in a little green, you know, something or other, you know, that would be good, too. <laughs> green scarf, you know. Or, or if you want to have a word of John, I'm sure he's got some green pants hanging around there somewhere. That's if they've not got blown off the line, that is. <laughs> well, I will confess that being big, Big and Larry like I am. I do like my shirts to be incredibly bright, and I do happen to have a lime green one. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, he's gonna he's gonna be famous, Mark. You may have to bring him to Hollywood now. You know. Well, <laughs> if, if if I can get him a passport, I will take him anywhere. Sounds now, good. Now that he's exempt and that I haven't got to hide him from the world and I haven't got to worry about the neighbours, Buster is going everywhere with me. I'm Brilliant. Already, I've already printed off some leaflets that I've delivered to every person that lives on my road saying, look, my dog's coming home. He's not dangerous. Please come and meet him. That's now, can I can I just say something here, Mark? Yep. The other side of this coin is, and you everybody knows that I will do two sides of every story here, so I want to say that, to be fair, your road of this, you personally, this is nothing to do with Buster, You've had some insults chucked at you through various different people saying stuff, to say the least. Yep. Is there anything... Now, remember, we're on a nice show here, Mark, so language has to be abided by, okay? Okay, Only off the show where me and you are talking, is it allowed to be raw? But um, on the show... uh, (laughs) 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 Right? But just... If I would like you to do a speech, because to be fair, you've had quite a bit of grief by people throwing accusations at you um, and being told, and police being told various things about what you're like and what you're not like, let's yep. just say. So I would like you to just um, tell us a little bit about it without being too thing, but also then I want you to do a speech to those that have gone against you, but also to the ones that have praised you. God, that was a big rant there, wasn't it? Carry on. Yeah. In short, uh, three months ago, I was reported to the police by a rescue, uh, a UK fully breed rescue, and they reported to the police that I owned fighting dogs and that I took my dogs quite routinely fighting. Uh, this, this was all a pack of lies. We dealt with this in court. It was thrown out pretty much straight away. They uh, they didn't have a leg to stand on, but because Buster was exempted, they feel that they haven't done enough damage, so they're back on the accusations that um, I'm a dog fighter, and anybody who's on my profile will know exactly what I've done in recent days. 
I won't sit by of not the idol while people try and slag me off. People have got something to say to me, they need to say it to me. It will be dealt with. But if they want to go behind my back and they want to carry on like this, I can be just as ruthless as they are. Now, if it wasn't for the 1,050 friends that I've got on Facebook, and if it wasn't for the fact that the first time I spoke to you was within minutes of Buster being seized, Buster would have been another statistic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have fought half as hard. I had a 1,000 people behind me in court, and I had 15,000 signatures on a petition. It was that that made me fight like I did. Um, Good. If people are not willing to take me as I am, they need to get a life and get off my profile, in a nutshell. Yeah. But I, I'm not a dog fighter. NBSL is not related to dog fighting. We don't condone the sport. We don't promote it. It's far back. It's, it's just anybody that thinks I've got something to do with dog fighting really does need to come and see me and come and see my dogs. They haven't got a mark on them. Not a mark. The only mark around your dogs is yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, that's my business partner. He lives 100 yards up the road, so we see each other's dogs all the time. <laughs> uh, do you know what, Mark? I am just absolutely ecstatic that Buster's coming home, and let's hope this is a, a trail for all the rest that need to come home as well, because there's... Let's face it, you know as well as everybody else, because you've got... Um, do you want to tell everybody about the, your website as well? Uh, yeah, the website's being rebuilt. We've finally bit the bullet and called in the professionals. I've put my hand in my pocket and paid for a professional design and a professional <laughs> setup and and everything else. We've got something that can deal with the traffic. We've got about a thousand pages. Um, we're building a responsible owner centre, a healthcare centre, a community, and we'll be selling a few products on the site to cover our costs and to help raise funds for other charities and other things like that. From my own experience, I know fighting CDA law is not cheap. So anybody that needs help or needs some support and advice from somebody that's been there and done it, they've only got to pick up the phone. Excellent. So what is your website again, Mark? NBSL.co.uk. You can have a look now. It is available, but it isn't quite complete. Okay. Well, I've put the link on the chat for you, and if you want to send uh, the links to it as well during the show, that's fine by me. It's not not a problem. Mark? Mark? Yes. So you'll call in next Tuesday? I will indeed. I tune in every Tuesday. I don't always sit in the chat, but I do tune in and listen. No, I'd like to. I'd like for you to come on, because that's going to be a big day in honor of Buster. So if you could just call in, tell us how, his, how he's doing. It would, it would really mean a lot, because we need some good news lately. Yeah, that's cool. Well, um, I'll see if I can fish out the webcam. You might even be out there. And you know, Mark, if if you want to get a paw print of Buster and send it to Sue, that would you know that might be kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Buster! Well, you you say that we are. It's not a big secret, but it is a secret. You're the first that we're going to announce it to. We are doing limited edition T-shirts for Christmas. And all of the money raised will be going to one of three charities. Well, put me down for two, Mark. Yeah, that's, well, we've got we've got a couple that have got Buster's picture on and a couple that have got charity logos on, but I'll send Sue a copy of all of the designs 
on Friday. Um, it will be on sale about the end of November. Okay, great. Excellent. Oh, that's brilliant news. Absolute fantastic. And what you said about, you know, the Asu show, I've just got to say it, that everybody, did you hear what he just said? That the Asu show can make a difference. But, Mark, did you hear our show last yesterday? I didn't yesterday. I wasn't home in time to get logged on. Right, well, yesterday Sue had a bit of a rant, to say the absolute least, and, and did actually own up to the fact that she got emotional over it because my heart is in this and I don't just mean slightly into it I'm just I want to go the whole way with this right and I just I've said to people I don't want to just end BSL I don't want to just stop the cruelty I don't want to just say about the animals I want us all to stand together and start to fight the government because at the end of the day people have been going on long enough I get all of these links to share every single day and all I can say to people, you know, they say to me, can you share this link? Can you share that link? And I just, it drives me mental. I just want to go that step further. I want to make this show bigger. I've got 2,000 on my show group, and I just want to make this even bigger now because I'm the only one that's doing a radio every single day of the week. Oh, admittedly, not every single day is for the dogs, but most days there's usually a mention for them. But, you know, and I'm always trying to help people, and I think now is the time that we need to step up to the mark. Because at the end of the day, there's, there's not just Buster, there's not just Patrick that was ill-treated, it's not just John, there's not just Memphis that's been taken. And let's face it, we've got Buster home, but there'll be another dog on Facebook only tomorrow that's going to be in the same situation that's got pulled up with the BSL laws. And again, we've got to share links again and try and fight, but it's too big of a process. There's thousands right. of them. Ill-treated, cruelty, BSL, everything. I want to step it up a mark, but nobody's backing up anything that I've said. So I have seven people that wanted to be ambassadors for their city or their street or whatever. Seven people. So I'm going to do your job and play devil's advocate right now. Here's the problem. Breed-specific legislation is not applied unilaterally. It is not the same for everybody. That is the first thing that has to be changed. Until then, we can't fight United because every case will be manipulated in a different way. I'm all for the laws changing, but before they change, they must be applied unilaterally. It must change for yes. everybody. Correct. Yes, I agree with that totally. Now, the thing is, Mark, I've actually said, because everybody is saying end BSL, but in my, my thought is that BSL is not just going to be ended. They ain't going to just end it just like that. It's a government thing. Government does, will not do as the society says, and society won't stand up hard, hard enough to fight them. So my thought was maybe instead of just saying, well, end BSL, maybe we could replace it with OSL, and I've told you all the story of that. But, but even if it was an OSL, something that we can offer instead. We can't just take BSL and expect nothing to be there, but it needs to be something that's going to protect our animals, never mind the fact of protecting humans. Well, is this law's aimed at protecting animals and what... OK, the law's aimed at protecting the public from animals that are dangerous. Animals, as a rule, are not dangerous. It's, the no. it's what they teach them. Dogs are like kids. They have a puppy phase. I'll call that preschool. 
Then they have that two or three years till they're about four years old. That's school and college. Then they have five, six, seven productive years where they're valued members of society, productive dogs. And then they retire like Buster and they just want somewhere to live. I'm a firm believer that if you treat your dog like you would your kids, the whole world would be a better place because nobody would be, well, there wouldn't be as much of this. You get yeah. Yeah, you're right, Mark. You're right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, I must, sorry, I must just say, Mark, what topped me over yesterday was the fact of me seeing a dog buried alive with his head just peeping above the soil. And I just thought, here we are. It's it's another one. And this guy was actually in Chile yesterday. It was on the, I saw it for the first time yesterday. He's in Chile. And he's now apparently an ex-police officer, but he was a police officer. He's in Chile, and he was holding the dog up against a wall by his neck. Yeah, I, I see that. I, That's just, I it, it just some, taught I me. See, I see something today, Sue, that really made my blood boil. I didn't know that in the UK, providing you own a registered greyhound, you can take a bolt gun to that dog and not face any charges at all. You know that? You've you got to be uh, kidding. If you own a greyhound, and that greyhound is, in your opinion, sick or anything like that, you can take a bolt gun to it. That's lovely. That's just unbelievable. Excuse my language. That's outrageous. That is outrageous. Oh, my good God. Do you know what, though, Mark? This is exactly why I lost my head yesterday. I I just flipped. I own up to the fact that Ask Sue actually didn't have a rant. She actually lost her lid. Totally. I just, it, it just, I just got too much for me yesterday. I am sick to death of people telling me that, you know, oh, could you share this link? No, yep. I'm not sharing no more links. I'm not sharing no more links on the Ask Sue Show group until we start doing something. It's not enough. I, I, sharing links, emailing whatever randomness, doing bloody petitions, and all of that is a waste of time. You're An right, absolute Sue. waste of time. You know, Sue, there's an old saying... People want their cake and eat it too. Well, if they oh. want if they want you to grow, then they're not eating cake from the group anymore. Because I'm challenging everyone today, in honor of Buster, you got 2,000 people in your group, okay? In honor of Buster and Mark, add 10 friends to the group. Is that so hard to do? Let's do it for Buster, okay? Do it for Buster. Go home, add 10. Everyone in your group, add 10 friends tonight. 10. Yeah. In honor of Buster, look what he's been through. You can go ahead and click on 10 friends. It's not hard. It's effortless. But do you know what? The thing that gets me, you three, that really does rile me to the hilt, I say to people, right, and Mark, you'll go with this, that if tomorrow somebody was going to come to your door and they came and they seized your dog and you wanted the Ask Sue show to help you, how many people would you add to the group? How many people would you want to share your links? How many people would you want to fight? How many people would you want to them petitions? Thousands? A couple of hundred? Twenty? Every single That's... person. Exactly. So why is nobody doing anything? Why, aren't they, why are they just sitting there and waiting until something happens close to them? At the end of the day, Mark, did you ever think that something like this was going to happen to you? Uh, no, but I will quite happily admit I was pretty bleeding ignorant as well. 
Half of the people on my Ask Sue show group are exactly that. They share um, the links and switch their head off and think it'll never be me. I've, I've just shared a link to the chat room about the bolt guns yeah. for Howard to see. Thank you. I'll put that straight... Can you put that on the Ask Sue show as well, please, Mark? I can indeed. Thank you. Mark, are you I'm on the... I'm definitely com- going to be doing a show about that. Mark, are you on the computer right now? I am indeed. Okay, I want you to look at the picture I just added, me with two pit bulls. I want to tell you a little story. I just added it to the Sue group. Well, hold on. <coughs> let, let me pull that up. There it is. Sue, can you see it? Um, I'm going to share it onto the... Um, Onto the chat as well. well I want to tell no, you a little story. I want to tell you a little story. It's on the Ask Sue Show group. <laughs> I want to tell you a little story. These two little guys. One is a service dog, and one is a um, one is a ser- they're both they're both rescues. One is a service dogs, and this guy comes in to see me every couple of months. And I mean, you could see. And a friend of mine is very afraid of pit bulls. She likes dogs. So you can see in the picture the dog is kissing me. And so I went up to her. I said, "Oh, real dangerous, huh?" Long story short, she now she went up, she pet the dog, it started kissing her, she loves him. So, you know, back to your point, this guy who's on has the suit on, he's a, he's a very um he works with someone in the in the in the rescue world. I don't want to say who it is, but after after the picture, I had I was giving him a belly rub, he knocked my glasses off. I was hysterical. I had about 30 people around me and they said, "Oh my god, look how I mean, look at the one guy, he's got a pink collar on." Okay? So, it's just, you know, it's just people educating themselves. Like, you know, like we have said, I'm more afraid of chihuahuas than these little guys. <laughs> well, exactly. It's, it's exactly it. When I, was, when I was a little kid, I was about eight years old, I, I got bit on the park by a German shepherd. Uh, I had to have stitches, and it really did put me off of big dogs. Um, yep. In a way, for me, getting Buster was a way to get over that fear. I, I, I've always been a believer that no dog is dangerous. But getting a big dog and getting a powerful dog, even though he had no teeth, was a way for me to get over that. Mm-hmm. I've, never, I've never liked big dogs. I'll see big dogs when I'm out on my own, and I cannot get away from them fast enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, thought, the thought of being bitten again scares the bleeding life out of me. It really does. <laughs> and well, well this guy... My mum and dad have had chihuahuas, lacerazos, and shih tzus all of their lives. And every single one of them taken a piece out of me. Well, these these two in the picture are the biggest babies. The guy told me he has a friend that has a little Maltese or something, and, and, and the pit bulls are afraid of the Maltese. <laughs> yeah, it, um, we, I, I, my mum used to have a dog. We called it Butch. Now, he was a lacerazo. No, he wasn't. He was a dashhound cross chihuahua. So he was the funniest little thing you've ever seen, but I'll tell you something. <laughs> don't try and take food off of him. <laughs> you don't try. There's absolutely nothing of him, but for a little dog, he can really go. <laughs> yeah, oh, but, but, you know, but, you know, Sue, it comes back, you know, as far as the BSL. I remember, you know, Jim Crosby, when I was on the show with him in the summer, and the problem is these dirty politicians, like Jim had said, you know, you get a, whatever, a, a Maltese, a poodle, you know, bite one of these politicians who hates dogs, next they're going to be on the BSL list. And that's what bothers me. That's what concerns yeah. me. You know, it's just, you know, where, did, like Sue says, where does it end? I mean, shame on these people. 
You know, most yeah. of, you know, I don't know if they were not brought up with pets or, you know, why don't they worry about the murderers out there and everything else rather than picking on these little angels? You know, shame shame on all of them that passed this legislation. Shame on every one of them. It's, hard, it, it's just horrible. When I was out petitioning people for, for Buster, and I, I'd done it on the local park. I printed my petitions off, and I wanted to get people over there to sign them. The amount of people that said, well, if you want to own a dangerous dog, that's your truck, that really got to me, the general ignorance of people regarding pit bulls. Everybody, everybody I know will say, you can't believe what you read in the press. Of course you can. Everybody I know also swallows everything the press has got to tell them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you don't, yeah. you know. You, you've either got to say to yourself, right, the press is wrong, or the press is seriously out of context. And no, we, no, they're, they're just, you know, something, like I've said on the show, Mark, if a lab or a poodle or chihuahua or a blah, blah, blah bites someone, you don't hear about the news, but the minute a pit bull does, it's right in the news. It's I, right I, there. Did you, you know, see... Uh, Howard, did you see B- um, the BBC news article on Buster? No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't have the BBC, but I can. No, I don't. I didn't see it. Well, I thought it was fair. It was a fairly well written article. I'm just about to post it for you to read. But even in this, the reporter I spoke to, he needed an education before he he took this to press. Mm-hmm. I, I told him Buster's background, and I give him the story, and he said, "Well." I'm happy to publish it, and I'm happy to write it up for you, but I really need to go away and do my homework first because I don't understand any of this. Hmm. Unbelievable. But it it went up in the press on the BBC website on the Friday, and I got a phone call from Suffolk Police saying Saturday that they magically found all these paperwork and it was sorted. Hmm. Unbelievable. And, and you know, Mark, of course, Sue's going to laugh. I have to get my Patrick thing in. Of course, you know about Patrick, right, the pit bull back in New Jersey. Yeah. Well, you know, it's you know, and, of course, I'm obsessed with him. Sue's going to. But, you know, the thing is, John and Cody formed a page. They have over a quarter of a million followers. Patrick has united people better than any politician I know. He has brought hope, joy, changed people's lives, as I use Nicole as an example, and many, many others. You know, if you would have told me I would become an advocate a, two years ago, I would have said you were off the wall. So, you know, the press, you know, would like to see more, just more positive stories. And they have been positive with Patrick, but it's just it's just story after story after story that's negative. And shame on them. You know, when you get a little 15-pound dog that's changes, that's united people all over the world, people have made lifelong friends because of him, it, it, it's you know as I say it every show, Mark. It just blows me away. It's just unbelievable. It 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 has surprised me just how many genuine people there are in the world. Exactly, exactly. I, I used to live in my own little bubble, in my own little world, in my own little street. But now I know if, if you're looking for the support and if you're looking for the help, if you really want it. There are plenty of people out there that will sit you down and talk you through it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, nine nine months ago, I I'd only been out of prison a short time. I have been a naughty boy in the past, but I'd only been out of prison for a short time. And somebody brought the Lennox case to my attention, and my reaction was instant. NBSL was born on that day. 
Oh, yeah. That the whole yep. farce of Belfast City Council, and the more I looked into it, the more it, the more stupid it became, the more political it had become. It's Buster, not Buster. Lennox didn't die because he was or wasn't tight. Lennox had to die because they fucked up the politics. Yeah. But uh, I hate to say it, Lennox, after so long, Lennox was never going home. Mm. Uh, I still, I'm one of these people that sits on the fence and says, look, if you really believe Lennox dies, died on the day that they say, you need your head testing. I do believe he was dead well before the final appeal was completed. Yeah. It just... The, the- whole way, Lennox should be held up for the rest of the world as what you do not do. Yeah. Not not from an owner's point of view, but from the local authority's point of view, from the police's point of view, Lennox, the Lennox case is exactly what you don't do. Yeah. Uh, I just think that um, maybe Belfast City Council thinks that everybody's disappeared, but I, I just, this is what we were talking about last night, myself and Natasha, and we were saying, you know, she, she's done um, a big uh, speech, she did a speech at um, a charity event about Lennox, and even mentioned about the Asu show and what we'd done that night and everything, and I just, this is one of the reasons why I want to push it forward. I look at the pictures of Patrick, I look at the pictures of Lennox, I look at Memphis, I look, look at all these things, and all these laws are just all totally wrong, and until we change the laws and we literally say to the government, and I don't mean do a petition about one thing, I'm saying we approach all of the governments worldwide and say that we've had enough of the cruelty, we've had enough of how all these, diff- all these different people change the laws on that day according to what, what mindset they feel, but we can't do that unless we all join as one. Yeah. It's never yeah. going to happen. Can I just change the subject slightly? Uh, at the start of the show, you brought up that Lilo and Stitch are now safe. Um, yep. I just, just want to point out the conditions that they've got, because nobody seems to have really mentioned them. Now, both of the dogs have got to be registered at $500 each. Both of the dogs have got to have independent insurance policies to the tune of $100,000 each. Wow. The dogs have got to be muzzled at all times. The dogs have got to remain on a lead when out in public, and they must wear a fluorescent, high-visibility collar at all times. So, yeah, they're safe, but what sort of a life is that? Exactly. And you know something, Mark? There's murderers that get out of jail that have a, that, that have less restrictions. It, it does. Howard, um... I'm not blowing my own trumpet and I'm not trying to be a big boy. I've been in and out of, well, not in and out. I've been in and out of the prison system once. And I'll tell you now, it's a crappy system. No, I hear you. um, I was considered by probation, along with one of my mates, to be literally two of the most dangerous people to walk the streets. Purely because we're not understood. But they let me out on licence and they let me run around and be an absolute... Hooligan. There you go. It's not just BSL law that doesn't work. None of it does. Until laws and rules are applied unilaterally, the whole system is built to fail. 
But, but Mark. Oh, here, here. Somebody is speaking my hymn sheet. Yeah. But Mark. You Mark. Know what, Mark? And yeah. I've said this once, and, and Howard's going to say to me, yes, Sue, you've said that a thousand times, but I'm going to say it again. We have dogs that bite a child, say, for instance, because a child had a bacon sandwich and they hadn't been fed, and it, touches, and it snaps at them and gets their fingers. That dog's put down straight away. We yeah. have a paedophile on our streets because he, he went and um, raped a young girl or whatever, right? We put him in prison for a short amount of time, and I'm saying that nicely, right? Then got put out and put on a list. Of which a police force cannot keep up with because they've got too much paperwork and too much coffee to drink. Let's be realistic. And at the end of the day, do they get to have to wear a, a glowing collar so we are warned that they are dangerous? They're not no, we, we, can't, dangerous. we can't even put them on the internet before we get told off because we're breaking the law because of human rights or confidentiality or all that crap. Well, me and my business partner, we, we've only spoke about this to very few people so far, about something that we see in court. Now, Mark, you just walked in the door and sat down beside me. Now, Evening, when we, Mark. When we, <laughs> when, we went, when we went to court for Buster, we, they cleared the courtroom. They wanted to deal with Buster completely isolated from everybody else. But when we went in, there was still somebody in the dock. And as we sat there and listened, we were mortified. They had a chap in his 60s who had been convicted on the day of having over a thousand indecent images of children. He got, as a sentence, he got let loose. He walked, oh. he, walked, he walked out of court. He pleaded guilty to owning a thousand indecent photos, and he walked out of court. And mm. mm. um, it's oh. me and Mark were like, "You got to be freaking kidding! Huh. You've yeah. got to be kidding!" And yeah. as, as far as punishment goes, he wasn't allowed to use a PC for the next two years, and he wasn't allowed to own anything that can take a photo. <laughs> so basically. Basically, they've taken away his toys rather than his liberty. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm with Sue. Pedophiles should have their bollocks cut off and they should be thrown in prison for the rest of their life. I don't even want that. And I don't, and, and do you know what? People can go and slate me straight on the internet. I do not care, right? Because the Ask Sue show is Ask Sue for a reason because it's my show and I'm going to start saying what I want. At the end of the day, those paedophiles should have the same laws as when a dog bites a child. <laughs> End of. If you've got 100% proof that that guy went and raped that kid or abused it or whatever else, that we haven't got no more use for it on our earth plane, thank you very much. It needs to go to another level because we don't want it here. No, we don't. It's, society as a whole is a fucked up place. Well, sorry is a messed up place. I do apologise for my language, people. I really am trying not to swear. <laughs> hey, Mark, I'm just looking at the picture of Buster. I'm in love. I'm in love. He's so cute. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Sue, you think Tammy could get him, like, a Hollywood contract for a movie? Then, then you guys could come over. Uh, can I just say something here? Never yep. mind get organising Buster come over. I want to come over. 
Well, I know, but I'm saying you could maybe the three of you, the three of you can come over. You know, it'd be great. Busta could meet Patrick, and 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 Tammy could arrange a whole movie. Maybe we can do a movie. You know. <laughs> Can I just very quickly interrupt about something? Just very quickly, I want to go and tell you about something. We were talking about paedophiles, right? And I've looked into this. I want to tell everybody about a very, very important website in the UK, but I want this extending out to the world, right? It's called chris-uk.org, right? I want everybody to go and look at this in the UK, but also American people, I want you to look because this needs to go worldwide. This guy called Chris, who I will get on the show actually names and shames paedophiles, puts their photos up, tells you all about them and everything else, and it's absolutely fantastic. This is the best thing I've seen since sliced bread, and I'm going to have a right rant about it. He is absolutely fantastic. He needs a medal for what he's doing. He's, you can literally put in the county that you're from, and you click it up, and it shows all of the paedophiles in your area. Yep. That's actually being convicted. Yeah, I think they have something like that here. Um, actually, I think I have an app on my iPhone, and it, it'll show it in the neighborhood. You'll have, like, dots, you know, dots of where they are. So, um... But do you know what? Just very well, quickly, go like that. I'm going to put a really big smile on your face, sweetheart. Go on. You like people that name and shame. Well, I promise you, come the new year, I'm going to have a nice big list of dog fighters that are getting shamed. Hmm. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. like that. Yes. Is that a worldwide thing or just UK? Uh, no, it'll, be, it'll start off as just the UK, but as anybody who knows me knows, I really don't give a toss what people think, so I'll put anybody on there as long as there's proof to back it. Sounds good to me. Do, so, do you like yeah. that, Howard? I love it. I love it. We, we've, <laughs> been, we've been toying with the idea for a while, for a while but... People calling us out as dogfighters has really, really turned up the wick as far as we're concerned. We ain't dogfighters, but we'll show you what dogfighters really are. Oh, I'll tell you what. Maybe I can have a word with Chris before I get him onto the show, and maybe we could say to him, could he do a link to the dogfighters and we'll do name and shame, and maybe you could put a link to Chris's site on yours as well. Uh, I wouldn't. I haven't got a problem with putting uh, a... Well, I'm looking at the website now. I like it. I haven't got a problem with putting it up. Yep. Sounds good to me. That's and, great. And I'll just put that on the Ask Sue show. But listen, Mark, um, obviously time's going with the show, so I want to thank you for coming on the show, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, well done for everything you're doing with NBSL and .co.uk. You know, if everybody wants to go and have a look at the website. And uh, we will speak to you on Tuesday when, uh, obviously, hopefully, fingers crossed, you will have Buster back home safe and well. If Buster's not delivered to this house by 8 o'clock Thursday night, me and Suffolk police are going to fall out in a very big way. Nah, he'll be home. He'll be home. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll have the chip in ready for your bail, love. <laughs> yeah, I, we might just need that, so we might just need that. And can I just clarify quickly on the chip in that I've put up for Buster? His bills are paid. It. It's really, I'm just asking for anybody that can help because I've spent Christmas money to get him home. Hmm, okay. It's not, it's not us begging for money or anything like that. It's anybody who wants to chip in can. There's no pressure. There's nothing like that. Buster's bills are all paid. Okay. Excellent. So, Mark, Excellent. We'll, see you, we'll see you next Tuesday, and hopefully Buster will, Buster will be right there with you and tell him that the show's going to be in his honor. No worries. We will see you on Tuesday. Thank you very much for having us.
Truly an okay. honor, Mark. Cheers, Mark. Bye-bye. And uh, bye, bye to the other Mark as well. Cheers, bye. <laughs> See you later. Uh, what, that was great. Oh, man. Bye-bye. I'm in love with that little buster. <laughs> oh, he's beautiful, isn't he? Absolutely beautiful. And I've just got to say to people, Mark is very much says it as it is. There's no no gray with Mark. It's either black or it's white, one or the other. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, he's done a lot of work behind the scenes. So um, thank Sue? you very much to Mark for coming on the show. Sue, any calls Sue? on hold? Yeah. Yes. Uh, sorry, hold a minute. Let me just have a look. Uh, no other calls at the moment. Okay. Uh, yes, my dear? Oh, no, actually, I was going to ask you to check that myself because I believe Kristen says she would be calling in in the last five minutes. So. Right, maybe, okay. Maybe I'll, I'll refresh the page. Hold on, let me have a look. Um, right, if anybody's got anything to say in the chat, by all means, um, give me a shout. Um, let me know anything of updates that we need to bring in. I'm just refreshing the page as well on that. Um, so have you got any updates, um, John, at all, that we need to be shouting about? Well, actually, I wanted to just make a comment on some of the things that were said with uh, Mark on the line, which um, specifically about, you know, what needs to happen to make the make the government start backing down and start looking yep. at things differently. And, you know, as with everything in the world, it always appears to be money. What we need to start looking for is legal avenues to cost them money and to take money from them when they do these malicious prosecutions of innocent animals. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. We need to start, We need to start. you know, when they start c- coming up with these rules that are going to take a dog that hasn't done anything and claim that simply because the way it looks, it's a problem, people need to begin to file lawsuits because they're discriminating. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's blatantly you know, irresponsible behavior. And so if they're not going to do things on an even basis, if they're not going to create you know, laws that take into account all dogs at the same time, not just one specific breed, people need to start suing. Even if you're not the person that owns the dog, you need to get involved in a class action lawsuit. I own a pit bull. No one's been attacking me about it, but I will not stand for this law existing. Hmm. And yeah. it needs to start costing them money. They need to be dragged into court instead of the other way around. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, the... if, I, if I start making accusations and I start trying to punish someone through the court system and I lose in the end, I'm required to pay their attorney fees. It's about time these towns start paying the attorney fees of these dogs that are wrongfully accused and then finally allowed to go home under ridiculous restrictions. You're right, yeah. John. You're right. Where's the accountability? You have to them in their pocket because you can't make them think, but you can make them hurt. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They've got to be accountable, John. You're so right. Right. And, and the only thing they understand is what the accountant says. We're losing money. Let's stop this. That's the only time they finally snap out of it. It's costing us money. Even Bloomfield's been saying that about Memphis. You know, they haven't knuckled under yet, but they are constantly whining and complaining about how much work we're creating for them and what we're costing them. John, is there any kind is there any kind of figure at all a rough est a guesstimate on how much this has cost them? Uh no, I haven't heard any numbers. They haven't released any numbers. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody's done an actual accounting of it all. But they know that they're having to hire extra people to handle all of the emails and you know all of the Oprah requests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it takes away from the other things that they're trying to get done. You know, the other town business, and that's going to obviously turn their constituents against them because they're wasting all this time on, quote-unquote, a mere dog. So, you know, sooner or later, the bill's going to come. Yep. And they're going to have to start thinking about that. Yep. And we, and we need to start ramping that up. That needs to happen more often. 
punish the hell yeah. out of them financially, and maybe they start to think a little more. You're right. And, Sue, I did want to have a little mini rant. Shame on certain people who promised a picture. Shame, shame. Oh, just name and shame. Just go for it, Lou. Shame, shame. Why did you say that, Mr. Fitzpatrick? Why did you promise a picture? Why did you not say you would get back to Sue? That's the that's the right thing to do. That's the way I was brought up. If you weren't Fitzpatrick sure... Fitzpatrick doesn't know anything about, what's do, about doing what's right. Otherwise, I know, I know. I just had to get my... First place. Well, you know, some of you don't make promises you can't keep. You should have said he'd look into it, so... That, that was really... Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I did ask him to promise to be... To be fair, I did actually say that. I said, that's the... Oh, we just at least just want a picture. Correct. Do you know what I mean? And, I rem- and to and be I spe- fair, a, a picture's not going to cost anything. You know, he could have just done it straight over email or whatever, and we've had nothing, not one thing. And he also, Sue, if you listen to the tape, he was adamant about the word coded and dated. He's the one that said it, not you. He said coded yeah. and dated. How do you code a dog, by the way? <laughs> no, he meant that twice. <laughs> John. Oh, don't give them ideas. I'm sure they'd find a way. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. But, nah. But, you know, it's and uh, there's so many different things out there. It's just getting absolutely ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely ridiculous. Just uh, unbelievable it is. Unbelievable. So, um, I've just got to say that Debs is on her way. She's just texted me to say, won't be long, hun, train was late, laugh out loud. <laughs> oh, you, guys will right. be up all, you guys will be up all night. Oh, boy. That'll be no different than usual then. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. Um, right, we've got a caller on the line, area code 201. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, guys. It's Kristen. How are you? Hello, Kristen. How are you? Hi, Kristen. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you all doing? Oh, we're doing good. We had some good news about Busta coming home, so that made our day. Oh, good. Yeah, I just uh, caught the tail end of that. So good. Well, congratulations. So that yeah. is wonderful news. Sue's, Sue's going to get a picture with his paw print, so I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So well, it's always it's always good to have some good news, especially uh Oh, especially with all of the craziness that we've all been through for the past, uh, you know, 10 days or so. Yeah, my heart goes out to you guys. Kristen, I wanted to ask you a question. Sure. Has there been any guesstimate on how much the city of Bloomfield has spent already on Memphis? Gosh, you know, I really, I don't know what they've spent already. And I'll tell you why. It's a little bit, um, uh, it was a little bit difficult to figure out because of the fact that, uh, yeah, there's sort of commingling of funds. Uh, apparently, some money that is used for shelter activities, for lack mm-hmm. of any better word, mm-hmm. is being funneled through this 501c3, this neighbor-to-neighbor network. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what's been explained to me, I've been told that the money raised through the neighbor-to-neighbor network, any money raised through that goes specifically to care for the animals. Mm-hmm. But I've also been told by other people that there have been some programs that have been funded through that. And when I've tried to look at their 990s and their tax returns, it's not at all clear what money has been raised and earmarked to the shelter. So the point is, I don't know if any of that money has been devoted to uh, you know Memphis in in one way or another in terms mm-hmm. of either his care 
for uh, any sort of legal fees. Uh, I don't know what the town is paying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really don't know right now. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a very good question. I unfortunately uh, was not able to make it to the council meeting last night because I had hardly any gas. And it was uh, an odd day, and I have an even license plate number, so I couldn't get up there uh, <laughs> yesterday. That, that's what we're up against right now in New Jersey. Um, but I don't know. But, you know, as you guys know, I'm an economist by trade, so you know, I tend to value things not only in terms of dollars and cents, but just in terms of, of overall resources. Correct. And clearly, Correct. the overall resources that have been devoted to Memphis resources that certainly could have been devoted to other projects have been considerable. I mean, the the man hours, uh, you know, I mean, every single council meeting, every single board of health meeting has devoted probably about an hour at least to Memphis uh, for many months now. Yeah. Uh, You know, know, certainly a lot of people, including myself, uh, you know, have given up you know, afternoons to to you know, either participate in walks. Uh, you know, a lot of us have been very active, even on Facebook, in terms of getting the word out. So really, mm-hmm. a lot of man hours that could have been devoted to a whole host other, of other things. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously continue to be devoted you know, to them. And, you know, and, Chris. You know, that's, what's I'm sorry. That? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, all I was going to say was, you know, that was an issue I raised with the council many months ago because it's been a frustration of mine that, you know, all of the, uh, forget about the out-of-pocket dollars and cents, all of the other programs, whether they're programs for animals or people or what it might be that that you all could be Mm -hmm. uh, working on now, but instead of doing that, you continue to, uh, you know, the the same ground with Memphis. You know, Kristen, you know, I'm just, I'm not an economist, I'm just an average guy. And um, but you, you know, know average. Oh shush! I've said I said I don't think there's anything average about you, from what I understand. There's no, I don't think there are any average people in this group to tell you the but, truth. But um, you know, <laughs> Thank you. you know, I've said this from day one. It, it boggles my mind that the board of health, you know, and I've said this from day one. Sue and John, I'll tell you, you know, hello, hospital needs funds, kids to be educated on AIDS, or whatever, whatever. That's what I've said from day one, and, and that just boggles my mind. You know, right, right. Well, like, exactly, and, uh, you know, to me, that that's just been a, a huge frustration. Uh, you know, I mean, Karen Lori even admitted herself at one point that she was devoting so much time to trying to respond to emails and all of the Oprah requests they've been getting, and it just has been, you know, an enormous uh, amount of resources that certainly, in my opinion, just did not have to be, uh, you know, expended. I mean, how much? Yeah, it's. I mean, how much have they spent on Patrick with Keisha already? This is going to be two years before you know it. Right. And, and, and it is. That's yeah. That's another mind-boggling. I mean, to, to me, the answer is so clear and so obvious with Patrick. I mean, he's. You know, anybody that proclaims to be interested in the welfare of animals. Correct. There's only there's only one answer there. I, you know, so the fact that we're even discussing and debating, and I. I appreciate and I understand the legal system, but uh, you know, the fact that there will probably be yet another lawsuit about Patrick to yeah. determine where he's allowed to spend the rest of his life. Oh, he'll be staying with the Scavellis, trust me. <laughs> oh, he, he he will, but the fact that unfortunately that probably will not uh, be without some, uh, you know, some resources. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. is very frustrating, and and you know it's uh, it's interesting because as you as you know I do a lot of work with southern shelters, and when I first started working with the shelters down south, 
I remember a lot of a lot of people that lived down there said, "Oh, Kristen, you know, you're never you're never going to be able to effect any sort of change down here." I mean, it's all about the good old boys network, and there's there's no way you're going to you know be able to get through that. I think one of the things that's been very frustrating for me about the Memphis experience is that when I first started working with these southern shelters, I used to say to them, you know, God, thank God, you know, thank God we don't have that problem in New Jersey. You know, I know the good old boy network, it, you know, it exists in the south, and I know it exists in New Jersey, but wow, it's not nearly as bad. And I'll tell you, my entire experience with Bloomfield has, has proven otherwise. And I used to be sort of proud to be able to go down south and say, yeah, this is a southern problem, it's not a northern problem, but it's just uh, as much a problem up here. And I think that that's really at the at the center, unfortunately, of what's going on in Bloomfield. Yeah, L.A., we don't seem, L.A. seems to me, I think, more dog-friendly. We don't have a lot, of, and we have a lot, I don't, it's very rarely I go a day in L.A. without seeing a pit bull. Very rare. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just very rare. But I had to share a story with you guys real quick. You know, I'm very spiritual, and as we know, Patrick's my hero, like everyone else. And, you know, I usually call GSVS about once a week, sometimes twice a week, and I have my friend there. So I would called um, the night before I prayed for everyone, and I spe- said a special prayer for Patrick. So I called the morning of the storm. Who answers the phone? I've never spoken to him, Dr. Scavelli. Oh, my. Yeah, and um, so it was just... Uh, you know, it, it just shows you, you know, that, that we all care so much. And it says, you know, some people may not appreciate this, but it was truly an honor to talk to him. You know, it's just, you know, knowing that I spoke to pa- to Patrick's future papa. <laughs> well, they're on the local news station fairly regularly up around me, Local 12, yeah. and the cable news station. And I tell you, whenever I see him on there, though, Dr. Scavelli, it just is... Uh, you know, I, I I know what you were feeling because I see him on there, and I mean, everything else just stops. You know, I drop whatever I'm doing. I just sit down yep. in front of the TV and listen to him just be, because, you know, of what a really incredibly special human being he is. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, the Scavellis, yeah, and Patrick, you know, I always joke with Captain Yoakum that when Patrick's officially adopted, Bruce Springsteen and Bon Jovi are going to open up for Patrick. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, But it's uh, well. I think that's you know that's one of the nice things uh, this week. I have to say with with Hurricane Sandy is the rescue community up here has been unbelievable. I mean the response that we have gotten when you know we posted that there was a shelter in need has just been incredible just immediately hopping in their car and, and packing up cats and dogs and taking them home and uh it, it's been it's been really it's just been really incredible. I posted something actually on the Save Memphis page, uh, because there's a a group called the Jersey Animal Coalition. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of near and dear to my heart because they're based in South Orange, New Jersey, which is where I spent my undergraduate years at Hall University. But they also save a lot of pit bulls from uh, the Newark shelters and Jersey City, and those shelters are really horrible. And uh, they, at one point, were just desperate. They had no power, and their animals were freezing. And I posted it on the Save Memphis page, and a man that I had met at one of the council meetings wrote to me that I just got back. I brought 40 blankets over to them. I brought, you know, gallons of gas for their generator. And it was just so, it was so wonderful. I mean, the, the outpouring of support up here has been really incredible. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It's just matter of fact, I might go green for the uh, for Sandy. I just, Sue is going to love this. I didn't even tell her. I forgot that family located their two kitties th- through my event page. So, oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that that really. I don't know if the cat was blue or green, but I do know it was rescued. There. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh. The the violence of the storm is, I think, something that really hasn't yet been adequately captured in all the pictures. I mean, the the destruction has been, but for example, on my mom's street. Every utility pole on my mom's street was either ripped from the ground or snapped mm. into pieces. And, I mean, the street lights were just shattered. I mean, you, you drive up her street and you really, you know, you understand how really violent that storm must have been, you know, at, at one point. And, yeah. uh, and in some of these other areas, I mean, you know, animals that might have been out in yards and animals that were in homes that were suddenly inundated with water. I mean, it just is so... Uh, you know, frightening to think, obviously, of what might have happened to them. And, of course, in New York City, the big fear is that, you know, the number of animals they kill regularly on a daily basis, uh, under the best of circumstances, there's a real concern that some of these family pets are not going to be given enough time to be reunited uh, with their with their owners. And that's just a really sickening thought to so many of us up here. And, and, you know, Kristen, being an economist, I went through the big, um, you know, uh, a Northridge earthquake here in 94. And, you know, economic, you know, money-wise, the tale is never told for a long, long time. Yeah, well, and I think you're right, because I think, uh, you know, obviously, to to put a price tag on this, it it takes a long, long time. I mean, for one reason, simply because it takes a long time to fix all these things. But, uh, you know, also, unfortunately, the, the destruction, as you know, is usually far worse than we first think, you know, because moving things around, you get under the ground, and you look at the infrastructure, and uh, yeah, so you're right, I mean, purely from an economic standpoint, and I think, you know, to me, one of the things that's been really incredible, though, when, I, when I've watched the outpouring of support and the donations that have come in is the fact that, you know, we're still coming off of a very, very severe recession, so mm-hmm. the fact that people are, are opening up their, their wallets and, and, you know, cars with food and, and delivering it, when a lot of these people have been out of work for, for a long time, where mm-hmm. they're you know, working two or three part-time jobs, to me, it's just really, really, um, you know, really astonishing and very, you know, it really, it reaffirms, you know, the fact that there are some really, really awful people out there, but there are so many more good people. Yeah, there are, absolutely. I remember during the earthquake here, the outpouring of love. I mean, there were people living in the park with their with their fam, you know, with the animals and tents. So, so you're right. But, but I have to tell you, Chris, and I don't mean to be negative, but in L.A. here, you know, people were nice for about six months, to eight months, and then you know what, went back to the same thing. So I hope in right. Jersey, uh, you know, I hope in Jersey, everyone, you know, really sticks together. But as I said at the beginning of the show, um, you know, it takes, unfortunately, it takes something like that to really hit home. You know, I remember that night, and I was, I thought, I thought it was over. I thought we were going. And that really changed my life. You know, the little stuff that used to matter, parking spot, whatever, it just doesn't matter anymore. It's just immaterial. You're, and you're right. And, I mean, unfortunately, I think that, you know, a, a sad part of human nature is that, for the most part, so many of us are so short-sighted. And as you said, as, as things begin to get back to normal and, and as the you know, as the shelters are, are no longer in need of heat, People sort of forget, well, but they're, they're still in need of, of food on a daily basis, and they're Correct. still in need of 
of crates and everything else, and um, and I, I think you're right about that. So we'll, you know, and I was talking with somebody earlier today, and I said that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important for for all of us to obviously to to really continue to be this involved even after the immediate crisis is over. Uh, Absolutely. It's an ongoing, and whether it's really, whether it's care of animals or care of the elderly or children living in poverty, whatever it is, these are ongoing, really serious problems uh, that, as you said, we sort of seem to forget about when when things are good. Yeah. And, uh, but as you said, that's human nature. Right, and you know, and it is, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's sort of a catch-22 for us as human beings because mm-hmm. I think one of the most marvelous parts of the human spirit is our optimism and mm-hmm. the fact, you know, we we don't dwell too long on the negative. And, we, and we, you know, we believe it's going to get better and we see the silver lining, and I think that's great, but, you know, striking the right balance uh, between yeah. sort of reality, if you will, and, and being an idealist is, mm-hmm. is so critical. Exactly. And, uh, I was thinking of it even in terms of the Memphis situation, that, you know, I really hope that people continue to stay involved even after Memphis is safely home with Jeff and Diana because there are there are real problems in Bloomfield. There are problems with the animal shelter in Bloomfield as far as I'm concerned, and there are obviously other problems just in terms of the governance of Bloomfield. And, uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Definitely. But well, I, we've got sorry. Um, sorry, we've got a group on um, Facebook now, and it's called The Truth About Bloomfield Health Department. That's following the show after we were told so many lies. Um, and uh, obviously there's evidence being put on there every single day from documents and all sorts. Um, and, you know, and let's face it, the truth will eventually come out, won't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and it always does. And that's why it's been so amazing to me that there's been so much time and energy devoted to trying to cover things up, deflect things, you know, redirect people's attention, because sooner or later it, it absolutely will come out. And I'll tell you, especially in the case of Bloomfield, where it pertains to Memphis, there have been so many inconsistent statements made in the public record. I, I mean, it's just it's out there, and, and I mean the letter that Ritchie himself wrote and, and made publicly available, and the minutes of the council meetings, and uh, you know Mike Fitzpatrick even on your show. I mean, this is all part of the public record, so you don't even have to you know you don't have to be a private eye to get this. No, exactly, stuff. exactly. And you know, Kristen. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go on, Howard. Come on. So, Kristen, I'd be willing to bet that this is not a unique situation in this country. I believe there's many more many more Bloomfields. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I, I mean, and I, I think it's probably far more common than any of us realize Correct. Than, that, than any of us want to, to admit. And I'll tell you, one thing I think has been very interesting about the Memphis experience, too, is I hope it has encouraged people to get more involved in their local politics. And I do think there are some people in Bloomfield now that used to – just, you know, not really follow local politics, not go to council meetings. And I think that many of those people now realize that they really need to be involved, whether it's mm. about their the schools for their children or, or whether it's about zoning board decisions or whatever it might be. 
I think people are beginning to realize that, you know, we really need to go and ask questions and we need to understand this and we we shouldn't necessarily just, you know, put all of this in the hands of our politicians. And that's not to suggest that all politicians are bad people, Correct. but... Yeah, this is it is your money, it is your community, and you really need to to be an active participant to make sure that these resources are used in a way that's going to enhance your community. And right. uh, you know, and the local level is the one level where you really have the ability to get involved and be heard. Hmm. And but I think you're right. I think unfortunately it's far more common. I think Bloomfield is definitely not the exception to the rule. No, no, it did. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Kristen, I mean, I, I obviously I don't know if you heard my rant show yesterday when Sue sort of lost her head and got a bit emotional to say the least. <coughs> um, but but you know I usually go quite a, a fair way with my rant, but yesterday I lost my lid. I'll own up to that. But. I I see every single day all of these cruelty cases on Facebook, the websites, you know, and various different places. I mean, my email box is just full every day of all these ones that people want me to share. And I want to step it up a mark. I feel that we need to, as you've said, you know, you're saying, you know, about Bloomfield, that people, it's opened people's eyes to the fact that we need to start approaching our politicians and everything. But for me, I feel that this isn't just about the dogs and it's not just about cruelty. It's not just about cats. This is about everything. I think that it's time that we all stood up and said, we are society. We are literally not willing to take on board. You know, we see this cruelty. We're sharing the pictures. But we need to go one step further. What, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I agree with you, you know, completely. And that's really, you know, for me, my involvement in the rescue world has always had that vision in in sight. And, you know, one of... One of the things, I'm a really big believer about rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty before mm-hmm. you get involved in something. And you know, mm-hmm. So for me to go and really speak out passionately against something or for me to go and really uh, make certain demands, I really felt that I needed to really understand what was going on. I needed to visit southern shelters. I needed to see how uh, how filthy they were. I needed to see how poor some of these communities were. I needed to, you know, go into New York City. I needed to review the, the numbers. And, and so for me, you know, I've sort of described my work up till this point in the rescue world as sort of field work, you know, going out there and, and really getting the facts for myself and touching it and smelling it and seeing it. But I have always uh, believed that, you know, ultimately, we really need, there needs to be really some sort of, of revolution, some sort of social revolution, because, you know, I've always said that the person that can be cruel to an animal, the person that can violently uh, stomp or stab, a, you know, a, a dog to death, for example, that's a person that I don't want living in my community, not just because mm-hmm. I love dogs, but because yeah. I think they're real, there are, there are real social issues there. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think that all of these things are really are intertwined. And, you know, and another interesting piece of the puzzle, too, is that I think that a lot of, you know, one of the number one reasons why animals are turned into many shelters is because their owners can no longer care for them. That's one of the number one reasons. And, you know, if that's the reason why people are turning their animals into shelters, maybe some of our social programs, maybe our our soup kitchens, maybe our food stamp programs, maybe our welfare programs, maybe they need to 
also be redesigned and reevaluated to help people keep animals in their homes. And then, yeah. So I think I don't think you really can separate out issues of animal welfare and look at them in isolation. I think they're an integral part of of really a, a humane, civilized society. So I agree with you completely. And I think you're right, though. I think that there that we really have to take a firm position that this behavior is certainly it's just certainly it's not acceptable and there there are no excuses for it. Uh, what what finished me off yesterday, Kristen, was when I saw and people are gonna drive I'm gonna drive the mental saying about this story, but I actually saw where a guy an actual police officer apparently who's now an ex police officer. I don't know why he's now ex but I I could actually say quite a few words but I won't. Um but he actually, in one picture, had a dog literally by the throat, was pushing it up against a wall. And this was a picture that I saw. And another one, this same dog, was actually buried with his head above, just above the ground, where mm. you could actually see his head, but his body was underneath the ground. Mm. And it, do you know what? I have seen so many pictures, Kristen, that people send me every single day saying, please, can you share this? Please, can you tell about this story? You know, from BSL to cruelty to all this. And I just think... I'm, I'm getting a bit sick of sharing pictures. What, what, what exactly is that going to do? We need all these people. Hello? What okay, happened? still there. Oh. No, Stand good. together and say, right, Mr. Government, I'm sorry, but we really can't take any more of this. We need you to be more stronger on these people that are doing this animal cruelty that could go on to children after they've done stuff to their kids. To, after they've done stuff to animals, it can actually go on to children. But we don't want them to be out on our streets and stuff like that. We don't want the dogs to be put down. The dogs can be retrained. It's the people actually did this that we need sorting out or, you know, put into prison or serving time or stuff because it's wrong. We're not even giving these people the impression that there's even anything wrong because nobody's standing up for these animals that haven't actually got a voice at all. Exactly. Sorry, well, I, I, so I didn't mean to go into a big rant, but it just came out. Well, you know, I, I agree with you, and I tell you, I, I've had conversations with a good friend of mine about the fact that I think one thing that really is noticeably absent in the animal rescue world is any spokesperson or spokespeople. There really, I mean, if you think about it, there really are not any uh, very visible spokespeople at a large level. I mean, you know, people say, well, what about Betty White or Bob Barker? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they certainly are visible. They certainly raise a lot of money for animals, but they're not making the point that you're suggesting. They're, they're not. And I think, I really think that part of the obstacle that we've been facing as, uh, you know, as those of us in the animal rescue world is the fact that most of the time when we approach, you know, the government or politicians, a lot of the emphasis is still on the fact that, well, it's just, you know, how can you do that to this sweet little dog, and, and it's sort of an appeal to sympathy, and I'm, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I think that the, the impact and the real motivation, I believe, for significant change is going to come from making the points that you're making, Sue, that this, this really, is, it isn't just about the fact that we happen to think that animals are sweet and loving. I mean, that should be enough of a reason not to torture mm-hmm. them, but it's not for a lot of people, and I think that you know, really driving home these other points that it's about you know, how we treat our animals 
is a reflection of the value we place on life, period. Yeah. And whether, you know, it's an elderly person or a child, and I think the person that can perform these heinous acts, number one, I think they simply don't value life. Mm-hmm. And number two, I think at some deep level, and Lord knows I'm not a psychologist, but it seems to me there's some real issue to control and punish and dominate. And I, you know, and I think it's ultimately pulling all those pieces together and taking that message to the public is, right. is going to be really critical because those are the kinds of things that a politician or a corporate leader really cannot brush aside. You know, because while you may get the support of people that aren't animal advocates, you're not, there's no way you can get the support of, of members of society. So I think that's really critical is to pull all those pieces together. You know, Kristen, and, and, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I had to share a story with you. You know, I do the Go Green events, which right. is, you know, brought people together. That's my way of helping. So a couple of months ago at work, one of my customers was like, well, why don't you go out you know, and help the humans? I was like, you know, are you stupid or you're a moron? I said, first of all, this is my biggest thing. They're, they're family members. That You know, this is my thing. They're family members. Hello? Right. You know, my little girl is my daughter. And, you know, back to the, you know, back to your point about the seniors, Sue and I are running an event right now. I don't know if you know this. You know, the seniors, they're put at the end of the shelters. They're not giving, they're not giving them the proper food. You know, why don't they put the seniors in the beginning of the shelter? Those are the ones that have paid their dues. You know, right. just, just like the seniors in this country that fought for us and worked hard and were the backbone of this country. Right. So, you know, to your point, you're absolutely right. It's horrible. You go to the shelter, the seniors are at the end. Well, the right. time you get to the end, you're probably rescued, you know, and then you're not giving them the food. So, you know, that's what I do. That's how I contribute. But, you know, why, why don't you do something for the humans? Hello, it's a family member. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, but you and, Sorry, Kristen, go on. No, I was simply going to say, and in many cases, helping a family find a way to care for their pet is one of the most wonderful things you can do for that family. You know, when you have families that say, oh, my gosh, I, I can't afford to keep my pet, or, you know, I've, I've suddenly I've had to move into an apartment uh, because I can't afford my house and they don't allow pets, helping those people rehome their animals, I mean, to those people, that probably means more to them than anything you could do for them in terms of, you know, buying them some, you know, a new coat or something. So, you got it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of statement to me also always indicates, of course, that people, you know, those are the kinds of people that really don't, uh, or for those people, I should say, they don't really, of course, see animals, uh, you know, as being members of the family. So. Yeah, I used to see a homeless guy. He was a Vietnam vet, and he had a bed. You know, anyway, he had two dogs, spends more time with his dogs than I do. That's his whole family. And I used to, and, and to your point, I used to, you know, drop him more food. i got to tell you, for a year and a half, he never, ever, ever asked me for anything. I went to give him, you know, a couple of bucks for himself. He said, Howard, please just give me t- toys and treats for the dog if you're going to spend money. And I was just so, I was so touched by that. Uh, yeah. Well, I know I heard so many. What's that, Sue? So, sorry. Do you think so? I mean, I, I'm looking at. Okay, if you like, I'm probably taking too much of this on because I'm literally looking at the whole thing. But I know that a lot of people have said to me that a lot of the, pe- the people that are doing abusing to dogs usually turn and will do or have done or will do stuff to children too. Now, that's not saying 100% all of them do. I'm not saying that. But I feel like I want to do literally go further and literally go to these governments and say that we need to change all of this, right? You know, and, and we've got loads of people every single day sharing these things. 
But it's it's just trying to get all these people into one place to say, okay, we need to get, you know, I, I, I would love to be the spokesperson to actually say this, right, and to actually stand in front of people. And I saw Natasha Madison do a, a brilliant speech saying about Lennox and stuff, and I'm thinking, that's exactly what we need. We need we people to, who was actually going to stand in the front, and I, that's exactly what I want to do. There is not that many shows on Blog Talk Radio or even on the TV, actually, that are literally saying, we've had enough of all this, I'm putting pictures out there, literally, on the internet, of dogs literally being buried alive and everything else. And even with the Lennox story, there was not that many, there was a media stop. It literally, nobody was yep. doing anything about Lennox. And you got to that said, do you know what I mean? We just, we've got to get that, this out there. It's not good enough. But, but again, everything was stopped. There was no media stoppage. Why? Why did all the media just stop? Well, you know, I, I think, I mean, I think it's a great point, and I think that, you know, social media has been so invaluable for the rescue world because yeah. what social media has allowed all of us to do is it has allowed us to post these pictures and present this horrific information basically unfiltered. And, you know, and that's, that's really the challenge right now with the mainstream media is that everything is filtered. And so to a certain extent, there is a real resistance, of course, by the mainstream media to post anything that is too upsetting mm -hmm. or too graphic and so on, when in fact this is what people need to see. Because I'll tell you, I'm sure that you guys have had the same experience I have had, and mm -hmm. that is that I have had so many people say to me, after viewing things on my page or on the Patrick Miracle page or on your site, oh, my God, I, I, I had no idea that these kinds of things were happening. And, I mean, exactly. I've even had people that have said, Kristen, there's no way this picture can be real. And I say, yep, yeah. it is. Hey, Kristen, yeah. to your, hey, Kristen, to your point, and I'll, I hate this, who's going to kill me, but look at the first picture of Patrick. Uh, Patrick, that's what got me inspired. Right. So, you know, you know it inspired yeah. me to do the events. But I have to tell you, as far as Sue, you know, and she keeps ranting and ranting. She needs support. She's had on Jim Crosby. She's had on Captain Yoakum. She had on Natasha. She had on Mike Fitzpatrick. Who else have you had? So you've had a couple other people on. I don't do, see anyone else do, in the media you know allowing, you know, allowing people, you know, you know, allowing people on. So thank God for Sue. But if she doesn't get the support, you know, we're not going to be able to get the word out. That's the big problem. There was some guy named Jeff too that was on. Who? Some guy named Jeff. Oh, Jeff Coltonback, yes, yeah, 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 but yeah, but listen, he but he got in trouble with Di he got in trouble with Diana. You know what happened to him? So yeah, but do you know what the thing was uh, on the the night that we had? Oh, I, I shouldn't go on about this because I will get on the rant. But the day that they, I'm going to say, murdered um, Lennox, I did a four-hour show, and it literally went from um, ten o'clock till twelve at night. Right. And then from 12 till 2 in the morning, I literally finished one show and started the next, one straight after the other. How many shows do you know that would do that? Right. Four hours, constant yeah. Lennox, update, update, update. Yep. Uh, four hours, constant. And well, and, uh, yeah, and most people didn't even, you know, most people weren't even aware of Lennox. And, I mean, in yep. Bloomfield, several people mentioned Lennox, and they had to actually explain to the council members uh, what we were talking about. But, I, I mean, I agree with you, though. I mean, I think that I think that people, far more people need to be made aware of what's going on, because I think that really is probably the number one problem right now is the fact that 
the overwhelming majority of the population in the United States is completely ignorant. They have no clue. Not. You're right, Christine. Right. But but do you know what? It's because we okay we're sharing the pictures and stuff, and people there is quite a few on Facebook. Let's face it, and we've all had the people that get in touch and say, yeah, that's not for real. Oh please, I can't cope with them pictures. And all I say to that is, if you can't cope with the pictures, just support us and share the pictures so that people are aware of it, and we can put a stop to it. But the thing is, how long are we going to keep sharing these pictures for? Three years? Four years? Five years? Six years? How many dogs are we going to let just be killed, murdered, tortured before we all stand up and say, oh, actually, I think it might be just time we need to stop this now. Mm-hmm. When? Well, when when it's on our, in our back garden, when we see our neighbour doing it, when it ha- something happens to our dog, when our dog gets seized, or when, when is somebody going to say, actually, I'll add my mates to the Asu show group tonight because, actually, I've just had a phone call. They're coming to pick my dog up. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I agree with you, and I, you know, and I think one place to start where I think that we can make a difference in a relatively short period of time is I think we need to expect and demand more from our animal shelters. And this is why, you know, when I look at the Bloomfield Animal Shelter, and not to pick on them, but when I look at them, they stated in one of their meetings, the Board of Health said, well, the Bloomfield Animal Shelter has been rated the fifth best shelter in the state of New Jersey, they claim. So I did research. I made a lot of phone calls. I said, where is this rating? Like, who does this rating? Is there a governor's award he gives out? I mean, who who, is it, the ASPCA? I mean, where where is this? I mean, where do they appear as number five on the list? And what were the criteria used to evaluate them? And I never got any answer because I'm quite sure that there really is no list. Yeah, so, but, what yeah. so what you're saying is, Kristen, where's the accountability? Well, exactly. Yeah. And this past week, I visited the Mount Pleasant Animal Shelter in East Hanover, New Jersey. Wonderful. I do a lot of work with the Monmouth County SPCA in um, Eatontown, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then also St. Hubert's is the animal shelter in my hometown. Those three animal shelters regularly and routinely rescue dogs, large numbers of dogs, from the south. And I thought to myself, those are shelters that are really making a difference. Bloomfield Animal Shelter, I don't know what their intake numbers are because they're not publicly available, but I can tell you that they're small relative to, say, the southern shelters and relative to New York City. Mm. If you're not educating the public about what's happening to animals in this country, you're not doing your job as an animal shelter. And I feel very strongly about that. And I I really think that a place to start is by raising the bar for these animal shelters and saying, look, you know what? That's great you're not killing most of the animals that come into the Bloomfield Animal Shelter, but let's be honest, you're not getting a lot of animals into the Bloomfield Animal Shelter. The fact that you're not killing them, I'm not sure that, you know, you get any bragging rights there. Hey, Kristen? I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Kristen? Yep. Kristen, I, you just a light bulb went off. Would you? I would like to do an event probably after the new year and create awareness about the shelters throughout the country. Would you come on board with me and Sue and John? Oh, my, I'd love it. Okay. You got it, yeah. Sue? We on board Kristen? with that? We'll call Go Green and Blue yep. to create awareness for the shelters in the U.S. Well, I've already 
asked people actually last not on last night's show. Uh-huh. So I want everybody to go to their local shelter. Of course, take some food or whatever you can afford to take blankets or mm-hmm. whatever you can afford to take. But I want people to take their cameras with them. Okay. Because at the end of the day, there is dogs sitting at all of these shelters that need rehoming. Okay. So maybe everybody could go and spend, even if it's a couple of hours or an hour, just go around, have a look at these dogs. Maybe there's one that literally hits your heart that you can't rehome yourself, but you could actually ask them all about this dog and also tell us what that shelter is like. Okay, great. We hear, obviously, all of the bad shelters, but I don't want to hear about all of the bad shelters all the time. I want to hear of the good ones, the ones that we can trust, the ones that will sit there with you for half an hour and say, what is your circumstances? What, why are you wanting the dog? Have you got hours to put with this dog? Have you had a dog before? Why, why did you get rid of it? Why was it rehomed? Have you got children? You know, and, and all of these things, not just rehome a dog because it's another number. Hmm, hmm. Well, I think I, I, another uh, thing I love about reaching out to the shelters also, though, is I think, you know, Sue, you're right, too, that we really need to celebrate the good shelters and yeah. encourage the bad shelters. We have to raise the bar for the bad shelters. And I'll tell you, one of the things that you come up against a lot when you work with some of these southern shelters is I can't tell you how many times I have heard a southern shelter say to a team of volunteers, you know what, if you don't be quiet, if you keep telling us we need to do X, Y, and Z, we'll just, you know what, we'll just close the doors and not let you in here and all the dogs will die. So, you know, either you play by our rules or... We kill all the dogs. And this, I've heard this over and over and over again. I've heard it directly to me, and I've heard it through others. Oh, my and I was God. Saying, um, I was saying to one of the gals in Pitts earlier today, we were talking about this, and I said, what we have to remember is that's not an acceptable response. My response to that, if a shelter tells me, you know, Chris, if you don't keep your mouth shut, then we won't let you rescue dogs from here, my response is, you know what, that's fine. And I will immediately go on the Ask Sue show, I'll go to the Patrick Miracle page, and I'll make sure the entire, I'll start writing your governor, I'll start writing your city council members, and I'll make sure that everybody knows that we were willing to save the lives of some of your animals, but you were not willing to make the small improvements that we asked you to make. Mm -hmm. And I really think that, you know, that that has to be, we can't be afraid any longer of these shelters saying, you know, Chris, what, you want us to bleach these things so the dogs don't get parvo? You know, get out of here that. You know, if you're going to place these <laughs> extreme demands on us, then we're just going to shut you out. And we Chris, just can't mm-hmm. be afraid. Have you thought about running for office? <laughs> you, got my nomination, you got my nomination on the Sue Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the wonderful things about life is I, I like to recreate myself every once in a while, so you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, guys, I hate to say this, but we've actually run out of time. No, We're down to just no. over a minute already. Well, thank so, you guys as always, and we'll you know we'll talk again soon, and we'll but definitely count me in. Uh, I'd like to work a little bit more on on something after the new year with the shelters, and I have a few other uh, you know ideas that we can maybe build okay. into it. So let's, Kristen, uh, can I get can I get your phone number from John so we can talk? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Can, can I mega ditto that, please? Because I would love to speak to you after the show. That would be fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. then, Kristen. Kristen, thank you very much for joining us on the ASU show. 
Oh, well, thank you, folks, and enjoy your evening. Take care. Be thank safe you. in the storm, Chris. Be safe. Oh, thanks. Okay, I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Well, uh, thank you very much. What a show. Thank you very much, John, for sitting in the background, darling. No trouble at all. Meet <laughs> you soon. Thanks very much, John. Take care. And uh, thank Take you care, very John. much, Howard, for joining us as well, love. Yes, it was an amazing show, Sue. We'll continue it next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my friend. All right, Howard. Thanks very much, darling. Take care, love. Bye bye. Thanks very much. I would like to thank everybody that's joined us on the Ask show, Sue show tonight. I have had a lovely show and obviously another rant, but I want to thank every single one of you for supporting all of these animals. Good night and thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.